and uh, add my welcome to everyone to the services here today at First Baptist. Um, and I want to say amen to what Brother Steve said about the hymns that he and uh, Brother Dennis select. Uh, but particularly today, because of the limitations of my voice, the range of my voice, I have difficulty singing the melody or the lead part. And he chose all the songs today that I could sing the bass on. So uh, that, uh, that makes me happy. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to the, the Gospel of John, chapter 10. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. The Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. And I'd ask you, if you will, to stand with me as we read God's Word this morning. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother David Russell if he will to lead us in this word, word of prayer. Men, you may be seated. For those who have not been privileged to be here for the last uh, period of time, I've been preaching on the subject of the great I am. We started out over in Exodus chapter 3 and uh, the life of Moses and uh, as he was leading his father-in-law Jethro's flock of sheep in the backside of the desert. He saw this burning bush that was burning but was not burned up, was not consumed. And he went over and he, long story short, 
He ended up, he found himself in the presence of Jehovah God. And uh, God said, take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. And God commissioned Moses that day to go back to Egypt, where he had fled from earlier, 40 years earlier, and to lead God's chosen people, the Jews, from Egypt back to to the promised land that he had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, Moses was a little bit reluctant. He made all kinds of excuses. But for every excuse, God found an answer. And then Moses thought, when I go back and tell them that God has sent me to lead you back to the promised land. What shall I tell them? What is your name? And God's response to him was. Tell them I am that I am. Tell them that I am has sent you. And the I am of course is the eternal God. Who created the heavens and the earth. And so. We fast forward over to the New Testament. In the Gospel of John, one of the unique things about the Gospel of John is that Jesus is presented as the great I am. That in the pages of the Gospel of John, there is a unique Greek construction, ego I me. Both of those words, ego means I am, I me means I am, put them together and they mean an emphatic I am. And Jesus used that expression, that phrase to refer to himself and to declare that he was the great I am who had appeared to Moses there in the wilderness. And so, in John 8, 58, he declared, before Abraham was, I am. Well, they were a little bit confused because Jesus was about 30 or 33 years of age at the time. How could that be? But he said, before Abraham was, I am. And uh, they had a violent reaction when he said, made that statement. And why the violent reaction? They picked up stones and they were wanting to kill him. Why? Simply because he had used that sacred name of Yahweh or Jehovah. The sacred name of God revealed to Moses. A name so sacred that the Jews would not pronounce the word. They would honor it, and they would say the name of Adonai, Lord, instead. And then, a little bit later, Jesus was brought before the Sanhedrin court and the high priest. And again, he used that sacred name of I Am, and the high priest rent his clothes, tore his clothes, and he said, 
what, why do we need further witnesses? You see, they had been bringing witness after witness up to testify against Jesus. And forgive me for saying so, but uh, the witnesses they brought were pretty much, well, I better not say that. Uh, I started to say about the Democrat impeachment process, the witnesses they had. But uh, anyway, I shouldn't have said that. But uh, anyway, uh, Jesus used that sacred I am, and uh, the high priest rent his clothes. We don't need further witnesses, and they condemned him to death. Now, we come to our text for today, and uh, two of those I am statements of Jesus, the first one, of course, was, I am the bread of life. The second one was, I am the light of the world. And we come to the third one today, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. I am the door. And that is what we're going to be considering today. I am the door. Doors are important. Anytime you have a wall, you need a door. If there were no walls, no doors in the walls of this church building, we'd all be meeting out in the parking lot. Doors are necessary. Doors are important. And... Uh, the door that Jesus is referring to here, he said, I am the door. And that door was the result of a miracle. The miracle of the virgin birth that we've just celebrated through the Christmas season. I am the door. A true miracle that God could become a human being like us, that he could grow up and yet live a perfectly sinless life. To become the door to God. A miracle. You know, what, most of you know that we have recently moved from Louisville down to 94 Misty Mesa Trail Next door to some weird, shaky characters, you know, you got to be careful about them. Uh, but, uh, but we're going to manage some way or another. Um, but one of the things, it, it was decreed uh, before we moved, there was no office for me on the first floor. And as you can see, I have some difficulty with mobility. And so there was a small formal living room up in the front of the house to the right of the front door just as you go in to the house. And so it was decreed that that would be my office, but it had no wall there. So a wall was put in. And my 85-year-old brother from San Marcos and his son, Daryl, 
came up this week to finish putting in the door. Now, it was also decreed that it should be a French door. A French door is a double door, okay? And uh, it's pretty heavy. And so, in the process of installing the door this week, my brother and his son Daryl discovered that there was a problem with the door. It was not working properly. So they decided they had to take it out and start over again. And so in the process of Daryl pulling nails out, and I was sitting in my easy chair watching the process, and my brother was on the other side of the door, and we weren't paying attention. And when Daryl pulled out the last nail, the door fell. I mean, this is a heavy double French door with glass, all these glass panes, and it fell crashing down against my desk. The sharp corner of the desk was where it landed. And I just knew to myself, that's the end of that French door. But guess what? After it fell, we raised it up, and there was not a single iota of damage to the door. You know what my brother said? He said, it's a miracle. Well... A greater miracle than that happened when Jesus Christ was born and he came into this world and he lived among us and he, he performed miracles and he did great things for God and he, he taught the, the truth of God because he is the door. He is the one who makes it possible for us to go to God. Now, life is like this. Life is like we are walking along beside a tall, impenetrable wall. And as we walk along through life along this wall, we can hear the sounds of laughter, the sounds of joy, the sounds of happiness coming from the other side of the wall. And we wish that we could be there and enjoy the happiness and the joy that we hear coming from the other side of the wall. But we don't know how. To get over there. But as we go through life walking along this wall, then we come to a door. And the door is unlocked. The door is there for me to walk through it 
if I choose. And I say to you that I thank God that I was born in a Christian family. I thank God that I had parents who took me to church from my earliest childhood. Steve, one on one of our trips out to where I grew up in the little country church where we went to church, Steve collected two of the pew ends, the, uh, the, the, the pews that had totally disintegrated, but he found two pew ends. Well, one of them's in my study, and I spent many an hour on those pews. A lot of that time was spent laying down, sleeping through sermons. But I was also hearing the, the word of God and the message of God. And it was in one of those services, in a revival meeting, the summer of 1946, July. Brother Grantham from Abilene was the evangelist. And I was under conviction. I was walking along that wall and I had come to the gate. I had come to the door. And I knew that this is where God wanted me to enter. And that morning in the service, I was holding on to that pew. I wanted to go through that door with all of my heart. But I just couldn't do it. But suddenly, as I stood there gripping the back of that pew, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. I floated down to the front shook the pastor by hand and received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior because he is the door, the door to salvation, the door to eternal life, the door to joy and hope and peace. Without him, there is no joy, no happiness, no nothing that's good. And so I came face to face with that door. I walked through that door by faith in Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. And I was forever saved by his marvelous grace. And that morning when I walked through the door, I found out what all the joy and excitement was about. And if, if I may share with you, and I've told this story before, but uh, in 
in our, that little church, we had a family named the Ritchie family. Brother Ritchie was a deacon in the church. Brother Ritchie, in a cotton gin accident, had lost one of his hands. And uh, he didn't drive, but he and his family came to church in a wagon and a team of horses. And uh, many times Sunday afternoon, we would ride in the riches wagon back to their house, enjoy a good lunch, and play with their daughter, Lori. But the thing I want you to know about the riches is Mrs. Emma Ritchie. She was what we call a shouting Baptist. You don't hear those things anymore. But anytime someone would get saved and trust the Lord and come forward and declare it to the church that they had received Christ as their Savior, we had the custom, as we still do here at our church, that we would walk, go around and give them the right hand of church and Christian fellowship. And uh, Mrs. Ritchie would sit over on this side of the auditorium, and she would be in line to come up to shake hands. And Mrs. Ritchie, you could just tell, see the pressure building. And uh, she would just start trembling almost. And then suddenly that shrill scream would come out. A scream of joy because a sinner had been saved. A sinner had entered the door of salvation. And that was the thing that I still remember. And I'm sure Mrs. Ritchie shouted that day when I entered the door. And I, I do remember so vividly just a 10-year-old boy. But as I came forward... And the pastor acknowledged my decision. My mother, who was playing the piano, the piano was located directly behind the pulpit. And when she saw that it was her second son, Dale, who had come forward, she stopped playing the piano. She came around to where I was kneeled down and put her arms around me and she asked Dale are you sure you're saved well at that time there was no doubt in my mind that something miraculous something wonderful had happened to me because as I had been walking down that road of life along the wall the wall of sin that separates man from God, that God had miraculously opened that door 
God's Holy Spirit had miraculously come down into my heart and created that work of eternal salvation so that I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. That is the day that I entered the door of salvation. And Jesus said, I am the door. And I don't know about your heart today, but I do pray and hope that every single person here has entered the door. That as you are walking through your life, young or old, and you realize that you're still outside the wall. And yet you understand you've come to the door. You've come today. God has brought you to this place. God has brought you to this time so that you can walk through that door just by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Jesus said, I am the door. Now he said, the door. There is only one door, only one way. Jesus is the door. There's a lot of confusion in the world today about what we have to do in order to be saved, in order to get to heaven, in order to enter that door. But I can tell you this morning that the Bible is very clear and the Bible is very simple. That it is only Jesus who is the door. And it is only when you come to Jesus and receive him as your personal savior. Receive him into your heart that you can enter that door of salvation. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12 it says neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is only through the name of Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, the great I Am, who created the heavens and the earth. It is only through him that we can enter that door of salvation. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 says, There is one God... We believe that. There's one God who created the heavens and the earth. There's one God who is represented in the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But there's one God and one mediator, one go-between, one door between God and man, that is the man Christ Jesus. He is the door. And if you've never entered the door, why not today? Why not 
make it today to receive Christ as your personal Savior. He is the door. Thank God that Jesus Christ laid down his life on the cross of Calvary so that he could become that door. Because on the cross of Calvary, he bore our sins in his own body on that cross so that every person who receives him, who believes him as their personal Savior, they enter the door, the door of salvation. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. It's a miracle. That God, holy God, Dale Thornton, 10-year-old sinner, not deserving of God's love and God's salvation, but God reached down that day and led me through the door, the door of salvation. And you can do the same thing in your life. You know, the Palestinian shepherds, would lead their flocks out into the wilderness, far away from the town, far away from home. And at night, the sheep were vulnerable. But out there in those remote areas where they would lead their flocks, they would erect a crude sheepfold that would be made by stacking up rocks and creating a wall. And it would be generally round in shape, but they would leave one opening, one door. And uh, at night, the shepherd would bring his sheep into the fold. And then... He would sleep in the door. He literally became the door of the sheep. And uh, he laid down his life. He was willing to lay down his life for the sheep. May God help all of us to rejoice. In the fact that Jesus is the door. Up in Louisville. On, I'm trying to think what street it is. There's a new church that was built just uh, a year or so ago. The name of it is The Door. We today... Realize that churches get creative in naming their church. But I'm glad that there is more than one church that has the door. I'm glad that every church who preaches the true gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, that He lived a perfect life on this earth, that He finally at the age of 33, he gave up his life. He died on the cross on our behalf, bearing our sins so that he could be the door. And Brother Steve is going to come lead us 
in our hymn of invitation. And I pray that this morning, if God has spoken to your heart, you've been walking along that wall, wanting to enter in, today you've come to the door, the door of hope, the door of salvation, the door of God's love. And I invite you to come down Give this pastor your hand and say, today I receive Jesus as my Savior. Today I want to enter the door. I want to receive Christ as my personal Savior. Or if you need to, to come to the altar and let God deal with your heart according to his purpose and his will. What number shall we sing? Number 70. Hymn number 70, would you stand with me? And we're going to pray first, and then we're going to sing. Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you provided a door. The door. The one and only door to eternal salvation. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I pray that you would deal with every heart here today. And if there are souls who need to come to you, that you'd give them the strength and the courage to boldly come forth 